1: Hey everyone, it's Laura. We're taking a break this week, but wanted to share one of our favorite episodes from earlier in the season. Here's my conversation with the one, the only, the kind of my daughter, Kieran Shipka.
0: I didn't have that much time to ever really just stop and take a good hard look at myself and say, hi, what do we want? What makes us happy?
1: Welcome to Ladies First with Laura Brown. I'm Laura Brown, Editor-in-Chief of InStyle Magazine, and each week I'm talking to a legendary lady about what she does, how she does it, and what we can learn from her. Kieran and Shipka was cast on Mad Men when she was six years old, and now she's 60 in Hollywood years. Oh, hey, Kieran and Shipka. Hi, Laura Brown. Welcome to Ladies First. Thank you. And, And it's about ladies who are first in what they do in terms of ability or all of that, and that is you. And what I love about you, my dear, my dear girl, is I've always thought of you as aware, always being aware of where you are, beyond your age, beyond what people would have thought of you, aware of what people would have expected. And you are the most brilliant room reader. You have a really great perspective on people. You're quick with the joke. You can see around things really uniquely, which is unusual, given your vocation and where your brain could have gone, and I mean mush. Thank you. (laughs) But I'm all here to say that, Keeks, you didn't go mush.
0: I did not. I tried not to. You kept me in check, you kept me in line. Where did we meet? Uh, My bathroom. I would like to preface it with you were invited. You were coming over to my house. You had a YouTube show at the time, and I was getting ready, and then all of a sudden, this woman just walks in, and your energy was just unlike anything. I had just been hit with my first wave of Laura Brown energy. And I'll never forget it. And you were 12. I was 12. What's that 12. joke?
1: You were 12 and I was, do you remember? 21. We've been over this. 21 mm-hmm. plus 16. Yep. 21 plus 16. And that's actually my first memory of you. Yeah, I into the bathroom. But was your socks. that oh. You had these little Cute socks on. And was it like Chanel? Chanel
0: suede steel capped boots that, uh, fun fact, my foot hasn't grown. So I still wear them all the time. And I probably still have those socks too. No. Fun fact. Foot stopped. I was like 11 and it just said, okay, you've got great taste in shoes. We're going to be nice to you and
1: stop now so that you can wear them for the rest of your life. And so then we went into your closet and you had a summer closet and you had a winter closet. I think even then, I wouldn't even say we shared a maturity level because yours was already greater than mine. So then sometimes we would go for dinner and your mum Erin, would drop you off and pick you up. And I would always try to get your mum to come in and like have a drink or whatever. She'd go, no, 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 no. And uh, but we'd have our little date nights. But then one time in LA, I took you to that party that Acne had downtown, Acne the fashion brand. And so I took you there. And then remember, it was like all cool and groovy and there was a big dinner. But then there was some entertainment and there was basically exposed breasts. And I had to say, Kenan, we have to go. I had to abscond you because you were like 14. I don't even think I was 14. I think I was probably 13. But here we are, nine years later, and I'm your mate. I'm your wannabe auntie. But I am more than anything, my dear, your admirer. Oh my goodness! To see you, how you've kind of navigated all of this is tremendous. So here you are. Here you are. Twenty one years old. When did you finish the last season of Sabrina?
0: We finished right before the the whole whole world flipped upside down. We finished February twenty fourth of twenty twenty. Wow. And I I I reckon it was about like March fourteenth. I think when we were wanting all the toilet paper. Did you ever go to a grocery store when it was, like, doomsday? Like, masks weren't a thing yet? <laughs> and and everyone was just, like, crammed in a grocery store grabbing dry goods. I bought so <laughs> many dry goods because I was, like... We're never going to leave our house again. We need, we need non-perishables. What did you get? Some, some lentils? Yeah, lentils, any kind of bean, pastas, all sorts of stuff. It's still in the pantry. Did you, yeah, I was going to say, did you eat
1: any of said beans?
0: No, but I actually cracked into the pasta for the first time last week.
1: What have you been, what have you been doing? What have you been eating? I
0: mean, I've been eating pasta, but it's normally takeout.
1: So the past 10 months, has it just been constant thriving? Yeah. Amazing. I've been amazing. Tell, tell me about one of your many peaks. How has it been for for your, for your brain to be at home? It was an interesting moment in time for
0: everything to stop for me because I just... So taking it way back, I started Mad Men when I was six years old. I rapped when I was 15. And from 15 to 18, I was still working, doing projects here and there, doing a lot of fashion events and stuff like that. And I felt like I was kind of busy all the time. And then I started Sabrina at 18 and that took me from 18 to 20. And then I went from working 16 hour days, five days a week to complete and utter isolation almost. I mean, I was lucky that I was with my family and my friend, but I, um, I, I really had more time I've had more time in the past year to think about my life than I ever have, which has been kind of, kind of great on a personal level to just have a moment to lay low. But then it's, it was such a trying year that th- th- I didn't feel like I got much joy out of the laying low. What was the best and what was
1: the worst? Or
0: is, because it's still in our so, Christian quarantined with us for the first four months. Right. Who's a, a friend, a- actor, and photographer. The best in the business. And it was so nice to have someone there to just kind of goof around with. Like, I felt like I was in an eternal sleepover, which was really quite fun. And I got creative all of a sudden. Like, I got creative. I started writing a lot, I read more than I'd read in a very long time. took a big pause and I evaluated everything, which was, which was good. You know, I I didn't have that much time to ever really just stop and take a good hard look at myself and say, hi, what do we want? What makes us happy? And what did you work out that you wanted to do more of? I always thought I was an introvert, but last year I sort of realized it might've been the opposite. Every year up until last year, I completely said, I'm an introvert. I need time alone to recharge. And the second that I got alone time to recharge, it was like, I need people. I need to see people and talk to people and tell them what they mean to me. And I still miss that
1: a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. But you didn't feel a bit like there was a lot of,
0: a lot of mental backlog. I did. I felt like I was playing catch up for the first couple months and I was also sleeping like embarrassing hours a night. Right. Sleeping like a, like a college student, (laughs) like the, like
1: the junior in college I should be. So yeah, this awareness thing I want to like speak to more because obviously the producers of Mad Men saw that in you, which was very, very key to Sally. There's a lot been said about you being a child in that adult situation and all that kind of stuff. But how did you, at an early, early age, always feel quite armed to be able to exist in that world?
0: I think so. I think I was a very passionate, excited young child. And it's, it's sort of a testament to, I think, everyone on the set of Mad Men for never really treating me like i was a child or less than them like they always just treated me like a cast member they were they were extremely protective of me but i i always felt like i was a part of the team from a young age and sure i think a bit of that's probably on my end of feeling ready to do something that i really loved but it also is because everyone was so welcoming and, and trusting of me. I think about it a lot, how much I owe to Mad Men. Not just for a platform and a way in, but just just my formative years of life were, I was surrounded by so many brilliant people
1: that treated me with such respect. Did you feel like this accelerated your development in some particular ways?
0: I I was thinking about this too the other day that I just, I grew up around way more adults than I did children. I was doing an independent study program and then I was hanging out with my buddies on the weekend, but I was, I was around a lot of adults and I was having a lot of adult, not, not adult in like an inappropriate way, but I was having a lot of mature conversations at a young age with people. So I do think that sort of informed my entire being in maybe ways that I don't even, don't even know.
1: You arrived there because you belonged there, because of your, your character and your ability. But I think that then all of that became reinforced by that environment.
0: It was an acting school, too. That's the thing, is that I was a sponge. I, was, I soaked everything up that I saw around me. And it,
1: it taught me everything I know about acting, too. What are your first acting sort of lessons or learnings from being on Batman?
0: I think one thing that I... Learned early on is that even if the scene isn't, even if it's not yours, even if it's not the scene where you have the most dialogue, and even if the scene isn't about you, you still owe it to yourself and everyone to give it one hundred percent. Right. And with Mad Men, if if we were doing a scene and and I had no dialogue, they would probably still put a camera on my face at some point to get my reaction. It, it sort of taught me early on that there's so many nuances to what you do and it's not so much a vanity thing or a, an importance thing or a power thing. It's just about giving it your all and being thoughtful. Everyone was so thoughtful on that show. I mean, every every little bit mattered and every little detail mattered. And I think that's that's definitely stuck with me. To this day,
1: have you have you watched it again lately, or happened upon it, or? Yeah, so that's actually
0: that was actually uh, one of my quarantine highlights was that I watched Mad ah. for the first time. Yeah, I'd never seen it before. I mean, I'd seen episodes and I'd been to table reads because I felt like I knew what was going on, but I'd never like, sat down and watched it start to finish.
1: Oh my god! Okay, tell me what you think.
0: <laughs> so, hot take. It's trash no i'm kidding i loved it i loved it but see when we wrapped i was i was just not not mentally i think a time to to go back and and watch it is was i wasn't there yet i probably would have watched it when i was 18 or 19 but with filming sabrina and stuff i didn't i didn't sort of want to do that and then i i was like okay i think it's i think it's time i think i'm as mentally prepared as i i can be and i loved it and i was so proud I'd be very surprised when I came on screen. Like I would completely forget that I was in it every single episode. I was so excited about it, and then I would pop up. And I'm like, what? Am, what am I doing there? Like this is, this is so weird. And like, like I would be so like, hey, isn't it funny that we're watching like one of the greatest television shows, and I'm,
1: I'm in it sometimes. Helen, were there any particular scenes, episodes, performances that stuck with you? as a viewer
0: i mean there's there's so many i mean i think this there's an there's an episode called the suitcase which is just like a masterclass in acting from john and lizzie it's utterly fantastic to watch i could watch january all day betty draper is just a legend among us well,
1: she's doing that on instagram now oh my god <laughs> i love her so much but now you're in touch with, with a bunch of them when you and january did that rodarte campaign I think the last
0: person I actually probably saw was John. So for my twenty belated twenty first, whenever that may be, we're gonna have to get the whole cast.
1: When you finish that, you're obviously fifteen, and that's already and that's another whole bo- body and mind phenomenon, along with career. Get hit with being fifteen and having an existential
0: crisis, like a genuine one too. <laughs> I bet. Did you, how did when, when that wrapped, I mean, tell me how you felt. I, it hit me in waves over the next, I think, year and a half. I will say when we actually wrapped filming, I was 14, I felt like an emotional capacity that I'd never felt previously. Like, I just remember, not to spoil anything, but there's this one scene where I'm reading a note that my mom writes me, and I'll just leave it at that. And I remember filming the scene, and I'm supposed to... I'm supposed to cry in the scene. And I did not do a lot of crying in the show. I mean, periodically, but it wasn't like my main thing. I was quite stoic, and it it said in the script, you know, Sally like sobs. Sally Sally breaks down crying. And I just remember reading the the no. And in January was there actually reading it off screen. And it was just like, okay, like we're gonna have a well of tears forever now like it was just it was just one of those things where there was there's was no there was no effort i think i'm still processing it in, on levels
1: Welcome back to Ladies First with me, Laura Brown. This week, I'm hanging out with Tuna Shivka my life coach. Then Sabrina came along. When that came up to you, what was your first reaction? the casting process was really quick
0: it ramped up like it was just a week of my life that kind of felt like this total days of learning lines and doing screen tests and going to meetings and then you're just sort of you're sort of hit with it all at once but the second that it sort of came into my life it just made so much sense to me and felt right and i felt like it was a piece of material that i could really have a lot of fun with and i could play a teenager that was a lot different than Sally and, 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 and do something kind of fantastical and so fun.
1: And also to see you, it was interesting as, as you were getting older, but also you started to sort of gif wrap yourself. You're, you're full power. You're sort of in this show, you're running the show and just coming into the full throttle of your own voice too, which we see on your Instagram and just really wry and really funny and, and, and really aware. What are you, like eight million Instagram followers now? Yeah. Something crazy. Yeah.
0: That was a completely different arena for me because Instagram wasn't even a thing when Mad Men was on. And then the subsequent years, you know, I, was, I would always post and, and always engage with people and it was kind of fun. And it would be
1: like me and my friend having a bowl of noodles. Yes, exactly. For example, and various foodstuffs. There were many foodstuffs. It's so funny
0: that people still to this day are like, Oh, you're such a foodie. I was like, because I posted on my Instagram like five years ago, a bowl of noodles, yes. apparently. I'm a yes. I'm a big foodie. Um yes. but yes, yes you it are. is true. It is true. I do love food. It it did change, uh, because the fan base for Sabrina is just utterly amazing and so cool and so passionate and it just felt like overnight the way in which I was engaging on Instagram and the fan accounts were just something I wasn't I wasn't necessarily used to but so fun such a such a different such a different side of things and honestly it's a great it's it's great i have so much fun on instagram
1: how has it been fun and easy for you because you don't ever think it right
0: i would say that don't take it too seriously is the best advice i have i enjoy posting i enjoy engaging with people and connecting to a certain level and that's that. I make it real simple. And I know that it has the capacity to not be simple for people. It can be a comparison trap. But for me, I just boil it down to just have fun. If it's not damaging to your mental health, it's, it's a nice
1: way to just uh, engage with people. But that's another like, another thing that comes back to your awareness. Because you read that room very early and effectively when so many don't. So can you like get into just in some ways how you've developed perspective on this industry that gave you the ability to go, oh, I see around that. I'm not going to get lost in that.
0: I think I would attribute a lot of it to you. Um, <laughs> sure. uh, no, yeah. honestly, you're you're definitely part of it. It's All my friends are part of it. I had a very abnormal childhood, but I maintained a sense of normalcy outside of my job and I prioritized it always. Um, And I had people around me that made sure that I prioritized it. If I was going to an event, I was probably bringing my best friend and we were leaving early to go get food somewhere and talk about the night. I remember there there was this Stella McCartney party. I'm probably like 14 or 15, And I bring my other like 14 year old best girlfriend who like goes to girls school and we show up and there's like Al Pacino is the only other person there (laughs) when we walk in. (laughs) And we're just kind of like looking around like, what do we do? Do we say hi? Like... Like, I don't know the bartender because I don't really want to go to Al Pacino right now and start talking to him. <laughs> like that's how it happened. Like my what did you might do. <laughs> luckily, luckily Heim showed up really quickly, and we were just like, "Oh thank God, let's go to the photo booth," because that was really awkward. <laughs>
1: Did he go? Hi. <laughs>
0: what does <is> he say? <laughs> we never went up to him. He was sitting in a corner and he just didn't seem like he wanted to be interrupted. <laughs> like my friend was like, oh, I you know, I gotta get back by 10, I've got a science final tomorrow. It was a balancing act. But I think that's what kept me sane too.
1: Yeah, again on social, I saw you did the, you took over the cuts Instagram the other day, and you are you're so good at it. And it comes so and it's so natural to you, and it's so funny, and it's just like, oh yeah, bang whack. That's a noise you make when you, when you post me. That's,
0: that's also and, another pro tip I have is to add a sound effect to every click. Especially if you're posting a, a thirst trap or something like that. If, <laughs> if it's try to sound
1: like the penguin as long yeah. as possible. As long as humanly possible. Well, you've, you worked a little bit over um, the, the quar The choir, so like yes. The in LA. Um, you did that Quibi show, but then Quibi disappeared. (laughs) A little bit of an
0: ill-fated project, if you will. We got shut down three weeks in because of a pandemic. And then the actual, the actual network shuts down as well. So, you know,
1: (laughs) what are you looking to do now? What what would be the ideal? One thing
0: that I, that I was able to do this past year was just watch a lot of TV shows and, and a lot of movies. And it got me so excited to be part of things that I'm, passionate and excited about again. I just want things that are going to excite me and whatever genre it may be, whatever medium it is, I just want it to be really, really, really good quality and something that really, really excites me and that I can really sink my teeth into. I would love to do more comedy, more drama. I'll do anything. I'll do anything as long as it's with good people.
1: Are you offered all sorts of disparate things? or is ever, anything thematic that comes to you because again you've very quite cleverly mm-hmm. done two very very different
0: things yeah. but
1: very what comes at you
0: i'm at that age where i probably have about 6 to 7 more years of playing teenagers
1: i'm 27 loving high school
0: no i'm serious i'm serious though when i get a script that i'm like a like an adult woman I'm more than happy to play teenagers as well. But but I do find that that it's a lot more surprising when something comes my way where I'm where I'm playing someone that's graduated from college
1: who's hit puberty.
0: Yeah, that's that's number 1. If we're not there, then then it's, you know, it's someone else's role, not mine.
1: You actually ask your agents to highlight on the on the front post puberty.
0: Yes. PP. <laughs> How ambitious are you? in the height of my ambitious moments, it's a 10. That's fully right. my personality. I think it, at least lately I've been sort of trying to figure out what that balance means or if like a level seven on the ambition all the time is better than like ten sometimes and two the rest of the time and I don't I don't know what the answer is, but for me, I find that ambition has always sort of just existed within and i don't necessarily need to do much to force myself to be more ambitious but the the discipline comes in waves so sometimes i can kind of probably get a bit hard on myself for oh man you're not like you're not working right this second but the fact of the matter is that every sort of bit of my life is going to bring something new to the next character that i play in a way that i wouldn't have been able to bring to it if i was always working so I think I've actually learned to prioritize my outside of work life and and make that a part of my ambition okay wait here's my next one how competitive are you this is this is actually a loaded question for me because to a certain extent I I don't find myself that competitive with other people I do find myself very competitive I'm always trying to be the best version of myself versus, you know, win the race. But I never really bring other people into the mix. It always just feels like it's a very internal thing.
1: It's because you're so aware, you see. There's a theme here. What are you most confident in, and what are you least confident in? Interesting. Uh, <laughs> this is a good question, Laura. This is
0: a very good question. And I'm trying to be thoughtful with it. Um. Because oftentimes I feel like my confidence doesn't necessarily make sense. I find like what I'm most confident in one day could be what I'm least confident in another day. But I'm confident and somewhat proud of the person that I've become. I really feel like I've I've sort of come into a version of myself that I very much so like. I don't feel like I'm a fabricated version of myself for trying to please others with my personality. I I think I've, I've reached a healthy level of confidence, just, just being myself, which I really like. I I find like I have like a healthy sense of doubt with most things too. I'm not, I'm not confident when it comes to certain sports, surfing, get me, get me on a surfboard. And I'm just, I just like completely can't do it. Also singing in front of other people is definitely like I find that like when I'm by myself I'm a pop star and then the second that you get me singing in front of someone else I just like it's just it it leaves me
1: well there goes your cabaret on a surfboard career I know I know a sad day yeah I'm sorry that your options are so limited okay we do this thing it's called 10 firsts okay you ready first acting gig Uh,
0: as a baby? Juliana Margulies's child in a stroller. And then she came up to me once at an award show when they was like, I'm such a fan of your work. And I was like, guess what? We've worked together before. That was a satisfying thing.
1: Okay, so that was obviously formative. So you keep saying mad men was formative, but you were Juliana Margulies's baby in a stroller in ER. For like two hours, it was it was a huge moment. This is the launch pad to the rest of my life. First acting inspiration or role model?
0: Wizard of Oz was the first movie that I ever really sat down and watched. And I realized that you could make a movie and tell a story and escape from the world. So I always sort of go back to that. A bit of an ill-fated production, though. (laughs) Probably not something to aspire to. If you don't look behind the curtain, first acting hurdle. When you're old enough to process rejection and you don't get a part. And I remember a few that, that hurt particularly. First couple things that I really, really wanted that I did not end up getting, I got close to getting hurt a lot. And I I, I think that that was, that was a shock.
1: It's not for the weak. It's not for the weak.
0: First time you felt like a successful actress? When I was recognized for the first time um, at my local Jamba Juice, I was like seven, and some mom comes up to me and is like, we watch your show every Sunday night. And I was just, my day... Was made. I was on
1: cloud nine for the rest of the day. Was that your first fan interaction? What are Sabrina fans like in person? I guess you haven't seen anyone really lately. Very,
0: yeah, I was about to say, for the past, a very, past year I haven't seen any, but so, so enthusiastic. And the fun thing about Sabrina is that I've gone to Comic Cons, which is a whole, whole next, that's a level up. That is a level up of fandom. I have seen someone come up to me in a pair of shorts Slowly roll up the short to reveal a tattoo of my face on their quad Which is just something that I'll never forget in my entire life
1: Oh, sorry, I just clenched mine (laughs) Just hearing that was it was it a gentleman? Yeah, yeah Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's move on anyway first first impression of, of the Sabrina cast it was sort
0: of one at a time because I was doing some chemistry reads. Um, but I will say that every time I did a chemistry read with Chance, with Ross and with Michelle, who were all on the show. And several people were coming in. I knew the minute that they that they started speaking that they were that part. And I think it, it sort of solidified in my brain that this cast was going to be a very strong, tightly knit cast that we're really going to assume these roles in a powerful way. And, you know, I feel like I was kind of right. Okay this is an
1: important one. First drink you order now you can.
0: I will say I think a margarita is my drink and it's uh it's LA so it's year-round. It's not seasonal. First fashion splurge.
1: Oh, Chanel suede steel cap boots baby. Most recent fashion anything that has arrived or you've bought or has given you sparked joy oh a good uh a a
0: garret lay sunglasses a good pair i needed a good pair of sunglasses they really sort of just seal the deal sometimes because you sometimes leave the house sometimes
1: i go to my yard so brave okay first time you owned your shit can you elaborate on that a little bit professionally or personally or uh, something that you did when you had to stand up for yourself or own something and say, this is the deal. I was lucky that with Mad Men,
0: I was always very protected and I always felt very taken care of in in that kind of capacity. But there have been several moments since where you just kind of have to, you kind of have to arm yourself, I think to a certain extent and just know that no is a very valid answer to certain creative endeavors where you're just like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. That's not worth it.
1: Do you do it like in a movie montage in a mirror and you go, no, 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 no.
0: no. no. Yeah. Or I just like text no. it. I'm not confident enough to call it like, hey, I think it's a pass. Uh, first thing you do or eat if you're stressed out. Popcorn's number one stress food of choice. Also, you know what I find is a it is at first more of a de-stressor and then sometimes a stressor is taking yourself out to go get a coffee like if I'm stressed and I'm like oh my god like I'm super stressed out right now I need to get out of my head put on some nice music and go and like order myself a nice coffee shop too expensive latte it doesn't matter what time of day it is it doesn't matter if it's 5 p.m in the evening. And then inevitably the caffeine will heighten the anxiety in most cases, but momentarily there's like a joy and a novelty to going to a coffee shop, getting a coffee. I find that that's also a really nice coping mechanism
1: to the ritual of it. And you've always been like that, even as a teen, excuse me, can somebody sign Canada up for a coffee ad? Okay. First date.
0: I had this thing where I didn't want to date people. And anytime that a guy asked me out, I would just, like, I would do one of two things. I would say, no, I'm not allowed to date until I'm 16, which then expired. But another thing that I would do, I would bring a friend. (laughs) And, you know, Timothy Chalamet was living with us for a while, so oftentimes I would bring him, which is, like, probably not the most polite person to bring on what someone thinks is going to be a date. What would you do? Could please
1: set the scene.
0: they were like, hey, wanna like, you know, get a get dinner or something. I'd be like, sure, yeah, it sounds great. And then I text them like an hour before and say, hey, my friend's with me. I think they could join. So you still do that, right? Yeah, so I still do that to this day. I've not been on a date. Um, first first date, I, I think it was probably one of those hangouts where you just don't know if they're dates or
1: not. Okay, lastly. Keeks, Kieran, Kieran Shipka, K ships, um, Shipka in the night. <laughs> oh, I like that one. Thanks. First thing you'll do when this godforsaken pandemic is over. Oh my goodness gracious! I would love a game night.
0: Of course, we're all gonna be ready to hit the dance floor, right? Like we're all gonna be ready to go to the club and have big parties and concerts and music festivals and all, all, all that sort of stuff too. I get that. But I really miss having like a healthy number of people indoors. I fantasize about like a group of 15 people and we play games and we drink and we hang out and we laugh and all the other stuff great too. But what I'm craving is just a, a, a semi-large group. A mid-sized gathering, if you will.
1: That's how oppressed we've been, that we crave a mid gathering. More than
0: anything. More than anything. And then a belated birthday. Someone is going to come out of a cake.
1: I don't and know who. And that person will be me.
0: I was sort of trying to insinuate that, but I just didn't want to. Well, my dear
1: one, Kiernan, I'd miss you so. I really love to hear you say that you are confident in who you've become. And, and to say that with such honesty and straightforwardness, and I think that's well, one, I, I knew that of you, and I'm so proud of you for that, but I think that's really important for other young women to hear too. I could not have done it without you. <laughs> this has been Ladies First with Laura Brown. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us so you don't miss an episode, and we love your feedback. If you could please rate us and leave us a review, oh, we'd love it. Thanks to our production team at Pod People, Rachel King, Matt Sav, Sam Walker, Daniel Roth, Anne Kane, and Andy Bosnack. And thanks to Brian Anstey, Molly Stout, and Hayley Mason at InStyle. You can find out more at InStyle.com, and find us on Instagram at InStyle Magazine, on Twitter at InStyle, and you can find me on Insta and Twitter at brown 99 See you next week for more Ladies First with Laura Brown.